0: This is Working for Progress, a podcast that connects us through conversations about how we craft our working lives and make progress. We will be joined by our communities from Tribeporty and Keystone. Tribeporty is a community co-working space and creative hub. We are full of entrepreneurs, social enterprises, freelancers, charities, and SMEs. Keystone is the other social enterprise which supports women to reimagine their working lives. We do this by providing a holistic approach to business through courses, programs, mentoring, group coaching, and events. Welcome to today's conversation. I'm Alice, the Community Manager at Tribe And I'm Danny, Founder and Director of both Tribe and Keystone.
1: Here at Working for Progress, we're all about connecting good people, sharing their stories, their challenges, and the progress they make for themselves and for others. We hope this podcast challenges your ways of thinking and inspires you to work for progress.
0: Working for Progress starts with simple pleasures, finishes in awe, and meanders through career journeys in between. Hello, I am Danny Trudeau. Um, I founded Tribe in 2015. Um, we are now 148-member-strong community of, I think, one of the best communities there are of people working from here. Um, all kinds of professions, from webcasting, like Glowcast, um, space tourism, graphic designers, environmental consultants. Photographers, all kinds of professions. Um, I also started Keystone Women in 2018, off the back of noticing our membership being 70% women, um, all sitting around the hot desk and table, talking about very similar challenges they were all facing around their career, and really wanting to create something that is not just their work. It it's it's their values. It's their purpose. It is able to attend to their family needs, their relationships, their creativity, and their well-being. So we're talking about all those things today in hopes that Alice will pull from the tribe community and the Keystone Women community to hear interesting stories about how we're all working for progress.
1: hmm So the premise of this podcast is we're hoping to ask different people five questions all about their work in life. And in sharing these stories, we hope to inspire people to maybe take a leap of faith in a career change, rediscover what they love in their life, all things like that. So I guess we'll start with the first question, which is a quick fire question. Can you tell us
0: five simple pleasures in your life? Okay. I am the true guinea pig that I haven't thought about (laughs) these whatsoever. Five simple pleasures. Let's see. Um... A morning cup of coffee has to be one. Hot and exactly like I like it. Before I do anything else, um, dancing in the park at my weekly move to feel class with headphones and an amazing playlist and a circle of mostly women, some men, some brave men, um, dancing in the grass, in the rain, in the sunshine, checking into our bodies. Number three, um... Good family dinner, usually involving some sort of board game um, with my son and my daughter and my husband, or hmm, probably like a good stretch. I love a good stretch. Everyone loves a good stretch. Not everybody, but I do love a good stretch. (laughs) We advocate it strongly here at Tribe. Fifth one, um, probably a good conversation. It's one of my simple pleasures, yeah. So what is the
1: worst, almost random job you've ever had?
0: Um, worst job, worst job. Cleaning motel room was pretty bad, but I have to mm. say I was an insurance, not a broker, but someone who went through insurance claims and filed them. And it was the longest summer of my 16 year old life sounds very long thank god for sony walkman and my <laughs> tupac cd how old
1: are you again <laughs> <I know.
0: laughs> what a throwback tupac remains
1: <laughs> so what did you want to be when you grew up if
0: you ever had that type of aspiration mm. i did i from the age of seven so post wanting to be a hairdresser i wanted to be a dancer which I tried to be until about the age of 25. <laughs> I do have a dance mm-hmm. degree. I haven't done anything with it, but.
1: I mean, you dance in the park still. I still dance. It in the still park. brings you joy.
0: True, true, true.
1: <laughs> maybe <laughs> sometimes that's more important than establishing a career and something. It's still being able to love it in a different way, even if it's not maybe the way that you
0: hoped. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that kind of somatic awareness and prioritizing of the body is very true today in what mm-hmm. I do so yes absolutely it's mm-hmm. never gone is it
1: what values must your work embody is there anything in your work in life that you wouldn't
0: you wouldn't take a job if it didn't have um yeah quite a few um I suppose contributing towards something better mm-hmm. um yeah I don't think I could Self-fidget spinners or something. Um, (laughs) I feel like I need to leave this place better than I found it. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that feels creative and not kind of necessarily in the overall creative sense of Mm -hmm. making art or something, but something that feels like it's creatively exercising that side of me.
1: Do you think that's something that you always knew? that was in you or did it take you a while to discover that?
0: I think I always knew it was in me I've always found art to be kind of my go-to thing to do if I need to process something or if I'm feeling a certain way it's that kind of finding that flow but I don't think I merged that with work until quite later Mm -hmm. on because it felt like a a luxury Mm -hmm. side thing as opposed to how to weave that into my work yeah yeah
1: and what is the biggest risk you've taken
0: for your working life Mm. well yeah I feel like I've had many careers so aiming to be a professional dancer and then injuring myself and then I started as a part-time job doing applied behavior analysis and then ended up being an ABA consultant, but never really committing to that because I still hadn't let go of my dancing dreams. Mm -hmm. And then being in the kind of autism world and then having a kid and then thinking that's all I knew but not really enjoying that anymore. And then that led me to social enterprise, which I did fall in love with. And I suppose, yeah, the biggest risk was quitting my job at Senscott and starting Tribe, really. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of, I had to be all in or not. Yeah. And it's scary when you give up a good job mm-hmm. and you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm so glad I did.
1: Do you think you could speak a bit about how you navigated that risk? Was it a quick decision? Was it over a long period of time? Did you rely on support from family or friends to make it? Or was it sort of guttural within you, like an instinct and a drive to do it?
0: I mean, I think it was all those things. I maybe with hindsight, had realized taking that job for Sunscot wasn't me navigating what I wanted to do. I started a trade school Edinburgh with a friend and that was all around capital, um, social capital and kind of beauty of humans, what humans have to give. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. based around money. So that was definitely a stepping stone. And then yeah I started with groups and trying to figure out how communities work and what was sticky and what wasn't and Mm -hmm. I suppose lots of steps and then yeah got the upstairs of this place going and then took over the building so yeah it wasn't all go it was little risks often Mm -hmm. yeah. So we
1: kind of gave your name and your business at the start of the podcast which in the future we're going to do at the end we're going to try and keep our guests a mystery and And then you'll find out a bit more about them career-wise at the end, what they're doing now and how to find them. But do you have anything to add to that
0: before we maybe move on to something a bit different? Um, No, other than um, the work with Keystone Women women is still evolving. Um, It's been going four years. It started out as events and then we took it online. Um, And so really it's about starting and running a business but reimagining work in the sense of factoring in your wellness. So there's a lot of mm-hmm. wellness rituals and just that kind of craft that you can take over your working life instead of finding a job and, you know, having money be the primary focus and then having like what you love to do on the side or you're working really hard and you're ignoring other aspects of your life mm-hmm. like your family or relationships or, you know, your creative side. So It's like how we can do that better. Um, So yeah, Mm -hmm. it's a a good challenge. Um,
1: I think it's interesting to bring back in that word luxury where I think for a really long time, people felt that all of these things were a luxury when actually they should be deemed as a necessity. If you're going to work just to work and you're not getting a bigger purpose out of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's good. I'm gonna ask you a question. (laughs) you're You're a bit younger than me mm-hmm. <clears throat> a couple of years um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, and I think I'm quite um'm when I was interviewing people for your for your job, I loved and a lot of them are your age or younger, and I love that most of them talked about having their values be important to them and how mm-hmm. that was part of who they wanted to work for and what kind of jobs they wanted to do, which I was speaking about this with, you know, peers, and I I don't think we were ever encouraged to think that way, when going for a job. So I guess yeah, how does that sit with you? And how how have you entered into your working life? I think a big
1: change in working lives that have made people question this more is for especially young people now. We don't get as many luxuries given to us so a lot of the jobs that we end up working in especially when we're sort of like in our late teens early 20s you're not getting a set contract you're not getting a salary all you're doing is being like a guinea pig for somebody else Mm -hmm. and that does create a lot of misery I think and this is why so many people think about work being more because we don't have anything to lose you know we don't have any security so I think we're more willing to be risk takers and we're more willing to let go of jobs. That's interesting. If it's not bringing us happiness anymore. I mean, for me, it took me a long time to realize that, like I think I've only had one miserable job in my time. And even then I stuck around for that for about two years because there's something innate in me about being loyal to people. So even for me, it was hard to navigate that. And it wasn't until I was in a miserable place and took a big risk. And sort of jumped the boat and then found happiness. I realized that that's a really important thing to do, and that's why I try and advocate it as much when I speak to people. Like, if your job isn't working for you, take the risk because ultimately it's gonna pay off at some point. Like, it might not pay off straight away, but it will definitely be worth it in the long run. And I know sometimes that risk you can't take because you know you've got to pay the bills, mm. and I'm totally sympathetic towards that. But if you can manage it, in a safe way
0: and how do you feel because I've got like my older self and my son who's 17 Mm -hmm. who is quite happy to quit jobs easily Mm -hmm. if he doesn't like something about them Mm -hmm. or someone there and I think that's also a pattern of people quitting quite quickly Mm -hmm. which I'm not saying is bad it's just I think from my generation it's like you you wouldn't do that until you had somewhere else to go yeah I don't what's your sense of that do you think yeah that's good he shouldn't compromise what he wants and he can get another job he, he's quite confident that mm-hmm. way I guess
1: I think it depends on the actual reasons that he's quitting like if it's just because he's had a spat with somebody or it's because he, the boss has rubbed him up the wrong way or something like that then maybe you need to reconsider it but if you're coming home from work and you feel miserable and tired and desperate and you're falling into a headspace where all you can do is watch telly after work because you're that drained that's when you need to take the risk. That's good advice. Yeah, nice one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're right. You reminded yeah. me of that.
1: I don't know if we should maybe flip the script here a little bit.
0: Thank you, Alice. <laughs> I am going to flip the uh, mm-hmm. switch and in interview you. <laughs> um, so, first question: five simple pleasures for you. Five simple pleasures. I think a day out
1: on my bike when it's not windy seeing a rainbow when it's coming out of the sea, which happens a lot in Portobello. Like, it's nice. I feel like that's a magical mystery. I've never seen it happen so often on a coastline before. Um, I love it when I'm pouring a flat white and all of the milk just falls perfectly. <laughs> and it's a perfectly symmetrical pattern. That feels good. And it takes a long time, as any working barista knows, to perfect that nice i have not so i love that um when i see a dog and it sees me and it starts wagging its tail and it wants to say hello and i get to have a little cuddle with it how many have i done now Four. Uh,
0: uh, one more i think one more I've lost track but we'll give you one anyway oh what's another one having a lion is that like a lion yeah
1: but <laughs> sleeping in waking up on your body's natural clock and just chilling in bed for a while you know like having time to just enjoy that little bit of
0: morning before you get going definitely a simple pleasure Mm -hmm. okay worst or most random job to date don't say this one (laughs) so the most random job I've had is
1: during lockdown when I was out of work a friend asked if I wanted to work on a film set making coffee I said yes and it was for Princess Switch which is a Vanessa Hudgens film so I spent most of my time chatting to like the crew members making Vanessa's mom chai lattes she's an absolute hoot <laughs> um And then I also got asked to be an extra, which was pretty fun. Like getting to work on a green screen, exercising that GCSE drama that I've never used. That was great. <laughs> nice.
0: I don't think I know Princess Witch, but um... I've not seen it myself. Oh right, okay. you know seen I'm in your it
1: work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I like that. That that's not worst. Surely it's random. That's my most random for sure. Good, good. Okay.
1: <laughs> I wanted to keep it light.
0: And did you like? as a kid, know what you wanted to be when you grew up or is that the same? Has it changed? So I remember this being a question that got asked a lot through secondary school. Um,
1: and I always said that I wanted to be a teacher. And looking back, I think this was just because my mum was a teacher. It was something that I knew, felt familiar, felt like I could have been good at it, but I don't think in my heart I actually wanted to do it. I think I'm somebody that's never actually known what they've wanted from their work in life. I've known what I've liked and I've known what I've enjoyed which has always been people, which is why I've stayed in hospitality for such a long time Um, and technically still am in.
0: But Yeah, I don't think I ever knew. There's never been that dream job, you know? Yeah, I think that's quite common. I don't think we get that part right in school, but then sometimes you don't know until you have the experiences Mm -hmm. to have the other ideas of what it might look like. And then even if we asked, you know, about values or what you enjoy, again, when you're young... Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't have that experience. Yeah. I even don't think you think that. of the world no. in that way. So, what is the right way to do it? I guess it's, it's options, isn't it? It's yeah. being exposed to as mm-hmm. much as possible. Yeah, yeah. We we actually are linked up with a mentoring program through a couple of schools in Edinburgh for members here at Tribe because I just love the variety of what people do here, and I feel it's really inspiring mm-hmm. to young people who didn't know they could. Mm-hmm. I don't know do specialized things like all the Gaelic names for Mm -hmm. bodies of water which someone does here um that's exactly what he does so
1: I mean even as an adult when I came into this job I was amazed at some of the jobs people had because I didn't know that they were a thing I didn't know that they were existed and you can't help but be like how how did you get there how did you get to that point because you don't know the story
0: yeah totally like I never knew that I mean obviously it's It it is obvious when you think about it, but I never knew someone's job was writing all the how-to manuals of everything Mm -hmm. that you (laughs) unbox and use. (laughs) I won't name names. (laughs) Cool. Okay, moving on. Um, Now, what are the values that your work has to embody for you to commit to it?
1: There's always got to be an element of helping people. I love helping people. I love making people laugh or smile. Um, which again is why I worked in cafes for so long because it had that really strong human element to it. And I remember when I got to a point where cafe work wasn't really making me happy anymore because it was too physically demanding. And as I said previously, you don't get any support in your outside life. You know, you don't get your set rotor or set hours even. Like it made it very hard and was feeling quite miserable. So then when I started thinking about this exact question and I was looking through Indeed and all these job websites, I kept reading the job descriptions and thinking about how these none of these jobs spoke to me. They all just felt like you were sort of, is it a pencil pusher job? None of them gave me any spark and it wasn't until the community manager position came up where I was like, wow, that's something that I could do. That's something that I'd enjoy. And it was definitely just because of that human element to it. You know, it's still helping people. It's still connecting people. It is, it's like got everything that I love about working in a cafe without all the crap stuff. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. It's a journey, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's not like you arrive what you, well, I mean, I guess some people do. Speaking from a kind of entrepreneurial thinking or background, it's all kind of information coming to a point. And I think when you find or create, a job or a career that feels just right. It's like all the things come into mm-hmm. play. So, your experience in working in a cafe, you're learning from that. Mm-hmm. What you enjoyed and what you started not to enjoy all informed your next yeah. step, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, there's no wrongs, are there? No. no. <laughs> what is the biggest risk you've taken to you? I mean, your current working life? You're so young, like I feel <laughs> who knows where you're going to go. But
1: yeah, I mean, I guess I already alluded to it a bit there. I was working in a cafe where I didn't feel valued um the hours were grueling we were always short-staffed and I didn't believe in our product either because what we were selling I didn't think was a good product so even in that sense of it, it wasn't sparking me joy anymore so me and a lot of friends that worked there at the time all decided to quit um Robert. lost a lot of staff in one go which says a lot mm. um I think if that ever happens to you as an employer you definitely need to think What's happened here, and really delve into that to make it better for the future people that work for you. Um, But I'm digressing a little bit there. Okay. And so I decided to leave that job for another cafe job, which was less pay, less hours. It was a part-time contract, but I was actually just in a position where I was like, if I keep doing this, like I've, I've just lost the will to live, sort of thing. Like I was so miserable, and I think changing to this cafe which I still work at now and I absolutely love it just changed the game for me because I've refound myself a little bit I was working with for somebody that I really enjoy working for our interest to in the line I believe in what I'm working for again the customers were brilliant like so friendly and amazing and then that enabled me to find this job here you know if I hadn't have taken that risk I wouldn't have rediscovered myself and I'm definitely still rediscovering myself now because I spent so long in what I'm calling my hibernation phase where I wasn't interested in the world I wasn't engaging with it anymore because I didn't have the energy to and it's very easy to do that when you don't have the energy and it takes a long time to recuperate from that I think Mm. so that was a big risk in terms of like money
0: and lifestyle
1: but it was a necessity almost like a survival necessity for my own personal growth.
0: And you listen to that and sort of ignore mm-hmm. it and then become mm-hmm. ill or something. Yeah. 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 I love that. I was mentoring someone today through Keystone Women and we were talking through her future work and how it's going to be a combination of something new she's starting up, but mm-hmm. also a part-time employment position too. And I, I love the way that we're getting away from one way of working, mm-hmm. you know, one company full-time or lots of people do two or three different things yeah. and it kind of feeds different parts of their lives mm-hmm. cool um, I don't really think I need to ask you the last question <laughs> unless you want to shout out for something shout out tri to,
1: <laughs> to hear more about Tribe and Keystone you can find us on all social media platforms please head over to our website and subscribe to our newsletters which includes monthly blogs to provide helpful insights into how we craft our work in life This has been Working For Progress, we hope you join us again.